Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Dami, how are you? Hey, Bimbala, good to speak to you again. How, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm loving the fact that we're able to record very early in the morning when there's peace and serenity. <laughs> you can have peace and serenity even in the lockdown, right? 100%. But don't let people <laughs> in on our secret, Bimbala. <laughs> early morning, get some work done and then yep. get, get on with the rest of the day. So, no, it's fantastic. Exactly. It's fantastic. Exactly. Okay, cool. So we're going to go straight into today's um, podcast. So as a seasoned property investor like yourself and myself, I think we can, um, today's podcast is really to talk about how you pull out equity from an existing property and use that equity or use that money to invest in another property. And this is quite common. Um, this is usually for, well, there are a lot more people that would do this as a way of funding their next purchase or even starting in property investment. Um, and we felt that it would be a good one to talk about today. So perhaps we'll start with Demi and you, you can just talk us through how that's possible. For anyone that's just logging into our podcast for the first time, we can... I suppose you can go back and just explain some of the, the strategy and how it's worked for you in the property investment game. Sure. So just to expand on what you said, a lot of times when people are starting out in property or they're thinking about going into property, they often think of the, the barriers of entry. And one of the barriers of entry is typically the capital needed to start. So the money that's needed to, to, to start investing in property. And what individuals and people don't realize is that they actually have the capital they need usually within the properties that they're in. And what do I mean? So for example, let's say you own your home and you've owned your home for a number of years and you are paying down the mortgage. Now, when I say paying down the mortgage, it means that you are on a you are on a capital repayment product. So you are paying both the interest and the capital on your mortgage, which means every month that you pay your mortgage on a capital repayment product, you are reducing the value of the of what you owe to the bank. So let's say, for example, you bought your house about five years ago, and you've been making a payment every 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 month. So not only are you reducing the value of the mortgage, but also during those five years, you'd have achieved what we call capital growth. So your house has gone up in value. So all this time, what you're doing is you've actually, you're, you're almost effectively saving money because not only are you paying down your mortgage, but your house price or the value of your house is also increasing. And typically, you know, maybe you, you paint it, you add a new bathroom or you modernize your bathroom or you add a new kitchen 
all of these things force the appreciation of your property. So as your property has gone up in value because of time, because of work that you've done, you now have what we call equity in the house. So let's say, for example, and I know in London this is not possible, but just for ease of numbers, I want to keep it simple. Let's say you bought your house five years ago for £100,000. And now, because of some of the things you've, some of the home improvements you've made, your house is now worth, let's say, £130,000. Okay? That's £30,000 capital growth that you've achieved in the yeah. property. So that's yeah. equity that can uh, that you now have in the property. But also remember that over the last five years, you've been paying, you've been, you've been on a capital repayment product and you've been paying down that mortgage. So maybe you now, on, on a, if you were a first-time buyer, you probably did 10%. So you took, you took out a £90,000 mortgage because you put a £10,000 deposit in. So from that £90,000, you've probably paid over five years, you've probably paid down about, let's just call it £20,000, okay? So now you've got a mortgage of 70k, and your house, price, your house value is now worth £130,000. So when we talk about equity in a house, you now have £60,000 which is the difference between 70 and 100, which is what you bought the property for, and 100 and 130, which is what your new house is worth. So you now have equity of 60,000 pounds, and you can pull out from that equity, oh, sorry, you can pull out from that house 60,000 pounds to fund another property purchase. And this is something that when, I was starting, this is what we did. So after the purchase of our first flat, it, and because of course the, the closer to London you are, or if you're in London, the stronger capital growth you achieve. The yeah. further away from London you are, the you, you still get capital growth, but it's not as strong as if you have properties in London or close to London. So we're yeah. fairly close to London. So we got, really good capital growth and we were able to pull out equity from the property in order to in order to fund the purchase of our next house so when we did that we moved into our next house and we rented out the first house we then did that again a couple of years later because again we, we saw good capital growth and we were able to effectively raise money from the two properties we owned to fund the purchase of another property. So when people want to start in property, they often think, they often think I don't have any money to start. Well, do you have a home? Have you been on a capital repayment product where you're paying down the mortgage? And has your house value increased since the time you've been in there? If yeah. you if all if you, if you can tick all of these boxes, then most likely you have you you already have something you can start with so yeah this is kind of how we started and um it's just another way it's one of the first ways you can get into property if you don't have you know uh, uh, thousands of pounds 
waiting there in a savings pot for you to go and invest. So what about you, Bimbola? Well, I've done, I've done similar as well. Um, in fact, the only other thing that I was going to point out there is with you, you mentioned that if you're on a repayment mortgage where you've been paying down some of your initial loan, um, but I actually would say what well, would I like to add in that you don't necessarily, it doesn't only work when you're on a repayment mortgage. It also works when you're on interest only mortgage. I think the key, the, 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 different, the, the differentiating thing there is, or the most important thing I would say is the fact that the, the property itself is appreciated in value. So if I use your same example, in my case where um, I, I have actually, I did buy a property <laughs> for a hundred thousand in London. Um, I got a flat for a hundred thousand, if I was 99,000 or something to that effect. In London, so many years back, um, I got that property on a buy to let mortgage, um, i.e. where I pay, I just pay interest on the mortgage. So I wasn't actually paying the repayment. But then after a couple of years, because the property itself did appreciate in value, um, and in a couple of years, it probably appreciated to, I think the first time around, um, I think it was about 150,000. Um, I was still able to pull out some money from, um, from the equity in the property, even though I wasn't actually paying down the mortgage. So it works both ways, whether you're a buy to let, um, when you're on a buy to let mortgage or you're on a repayment mortgage, I suppose if you're on a repayment mortgage, there's a lot more equity in the state than in the property because, of course, you're paying down the loan. So you have more money in the deal. Uh, whereas with a buy to let mortgage, I haven't paid down my initial loan. Um, I've just paid my interest. But because of capital growth, um, there is still some equity left in the pot. Um, so, yes, I've done that. I've done that. I do that all the time. In fact, that is one of my ways my main ways of raising funds to invest in properties um not everyone has a pot of money <laughs> sitting there that they would just take and invest in property and even if you did start with a big huge pot of money you are going to run out of money at some point so that is one of the, uh, the advantage i would say of um having assets because you can then get the money back out of that asset. And, and, and I love it because for me, that is one of the amazing things about property. In fact, there's a saying that I, um, I heard so many years ago, and, and the saying is with property, property is like that, that cash point, that ATM machine that just keeps pumping money out for you because you buy a property once and when you sit on it, Whilst you're sitting, whilst you're whilst you are in possession, possession of the property, you rent it out, you make money through the rental. Um, once the uh, capital is appreciated in value, you can pull some of that funds out again and then invest it in another property whilst you're still gaining um, profit from it on a monthly basis. So that one property can potentially um, yield so much money over a period of time. In fact, over the course of your life, really, if you if you know exactly what you're doing. Um, but um, I want to touch on something though, because someone might be on this podcast, might be listening to this podcast. I think, okay, that, that's fair enough. But actually, every time you pull money out of that property, you are owing more than you started with. So like, like Dami explained, you bought a property for a hundred thousand. You've been paying down the mortgage. The property is appreciated by an additional 30,000 in the space of two years. You're able to pull out equity from the property 
But at the point when you're pulling equity out, you are going to end up with a bigger mortgage than you started with. And I think it's important that we let people know that, especially for first time investors. So again, going back to those numbers, if you're looking to then, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, you've got 60,000 pounds in equity on, on a property, um, the example that Dami used. Um, at this point in time, when you do go for a remortgage, uh, which is a way of you pulling money out or refinancing the property and pulling money out your, let's say, for example, you go with an 80% loan to value mortgage, which is basically saying, I want the bank to loan me 80% of the value of this property. So 80% of 130,000 would then be the loan that you're getting from this bank. Um, then the bank approves and says, yes, we'll give you 80% of 130,000. This the second bank then pays off the original loan to the first bank, and let's, let's just again for simplicity, let's assume what you have. What let's assume the offer is, um, let's say ninety thousand, ninety thousand, and you have seventy thousand left from your previous mortgage. The ninety thousand from mortgage number two pays off. 70,000 from mortgage number one, and then you're left with 20,000 cash that you can then use to purchase another property as a deposit. But in essence, now you have a bigger debt than you first started with. So I think it's clear that it's good that we make that clear. But I suppose the question then is, well, I don't want to have a bigger debt. I want to pay off my mortgage. Is it possible to do this was with the intention of wanting to pay your mortgage off? And I'll let you, Dami, I'll let you answer that, actually. So you've done this three times now. So Dami, will you know, is your goal not to pay off your mortgage? Why do you keep going around getting huge, getting more and more in debt? <laughs> That's a good question, Bimbala. And it all really points back to your strategy, what your end goal is. Now, from, a, from an investment perspective, when we talk about paying down our mortgages, we really only want to be paying down the mortgage of the property you actually live in. So if you if you have lots of if you if you have a few investment properties, typically what you'd see is that people would have mortgages up to 75% on those on those properties. So They've put they they've got twenty five percent of their own money in or some form of deposit into the property, and the other seventy five percent is loaned from the bank. But in your own home, you ideally want to be paying that down. So when you talk about well, the first thing you do is you take out the home equity, uh, you take out money from your home to purchase another home. If you if you if you employ a particular strategy which is called it's the brr strategy and brr stands for buy refurbish refinance meaning that you're able to buy property below uh so below the market value so let's say uh, again we'll go with a hundred thousand pounds and you are able to buy 25 percent below market value so meaning you're paying £75,000 for it, you've already got in that property 25, uh, you've already got 25% equity stake because you bought it below market value. So when you buy that property below market value at £75,000, you then spend a few thousand pounds 
it could be ten thousand, it could be fifteen thousand, depending on the depending on how how much work is needed in that property. You spend a bit of money to do things that will force an increase in the value of the property. So for example, you add a new kitchen, oh, sorry, you modernize the kitchen, you modernize the bathroom, you give it, you give the property a, a fresh lick of paint. You maybe change the flooring. So you do all these little things that will increase the value of the property. So by the time you finish this, right, remember you bought 25% below market value and then you've done some work to the property. By the time you finish this, let's say now the property is worth 150,000 pounds because just because of the work that you did within that property. So you bought 25% below market value and now your property is also worth 150,000 pounds because of the, of the work you did. When you refinance, so remember you buy, you've then refurbished, and now you're refinancing. And we may need to do another whole podcast on this whole and on this actual strategy. When you when you refinance that prop when you refinance on that property, you're able to pull out most, if not all, of your capital that you put in. And you can then take the capital that you put in. You can do two things with it. You can either pay back the money you took from your mortgage, right? So that your you you your the principal on your mortgage is now back to where it was. Or what a lot a lot of people do is they go again and use that same pot of money to buy another property. And they just keep renting and repeat, renting and repeat until they they have what what they set out to do so maybe for you it might be that you wanted to buy five properties because the rental money that five properties will give you you're happy with maybe you only wanted one and you're happy with that or maybe you wanted 15 and now you've got 15 so you can take that lump of money that you started with and pay back your mortgage so in that way, you've taken out money from your home for a period of time and you've used it to fund other purchases. You've reached a target and at the, on the last one, you pull that money out and you pay back your principal. And in that way, you've, you've just taken, you've effectively borrowed money from yourself for a period of time to build up your portfolio and you've paid it back. And this is the strategy that if anyone came to me and said, you know, okay, I've got some equity in my home. How should I go about this? This is what I would always advise people to do because like you said, you don't want to go around and you don't want to you don't want to amass lots of lots of debt in a sense, right? You want to you want you want to do it in the right way, you want to do it smart. And one of the smartest ways of doing it is taking the money out, buying properties below market value, adding value to those properties, refinancing the properties and then pulling that money out. Now, that's sometimes easier said than done, but it can be done. It's a strategy. Lots of people are doing it. And this is how people start off with one pot of money and use it over and over and over and over again in order to build their property portfolio. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? That, that makes perfect sense. And, and I think that's, that's a, that is such a great strategy. Like I am totally up for that. And I think 
I just want to pull out some key points from what she said for anyone that is following and they're thinking, I still don't get it. So in essence, what you're saying is, um, which I have done, which you've done as well. So we've both done, we've both done the strategy. We know that it works. So let's put some numbers to it. You basically have a property, an existing property that has money sat in it. And this property, this strategy in itself is literally, you can think of it as you borrowing money from yourself, just like Dami said. So you're able to pull out, let's just say for simplicity, 30,000 um, pounds worth of cash from property number one. You then take that 30,000 pounds, you use that as a deposit for another property. Again, let's say you know, let me go higher in the number to just make it a little bit more realistic. You're able to, you've owned the property for the last, say, seven years. You've got quite a bit of money in it. You've been paying your remortgage, you've been repaying your mortgage down. So yes, at the time of remortgage, you are actually able to pull out £70,000. So you take that £70,000, you take 40000 of that towards the deposit of another property, um, preferably a property that is below market value. Your additional £30,000 is then used to refurbish that property. So you've bought yourself property number two with another mortgage. So now you have two properties, two mortgages, right? You've done the work. The property is now valued higher. You've gone for the refinance. You've been able to pull out the £70,000 or even more sometimes in some cases, or let's just say £70,000 that you initially started with. You continue to use the £70,000 and repeat this process. So let's say at the end of property number five, if that's your goal, you've done this five times, you still have your existing 70000 because you've done the same process over and over and over. At the end of property number five, you can actually decide that actually this £70,000, I want to go back and pay my, I want to pay that £70,000 into the initial property that I started with because I don't like the idea that now I have taken that money out of the property. I was happy to see my mortgage balance going down, but then now I'm, you know, I've pulled that 70000 so the balance is up. I'd like to know that my balance is down or my, you know, my, my mortgage balance. So you can, you do have the choice of returning that £70,000 into that mortgage, so the, your balance. So you're pretty much back to where you started but the only difference of the smart thing you've done now is you've amassed four extra properties in the process so your your starting balance four houses down the line is exactly the same but now you have four properties i think that's a fantastic fantastic strategy right there but i suppose for some other people that don't necessarily care so much about returning that money to their first property can then carry on doing this um, strategy to get even more properties until they get to the point where they can make X amount of money, passive income from all of their property portfolio um, to the point where they can actually leave their day job if, that, if that's what they want to do, or at least know that they have this extra source of income that they don't have to worry about, or it might go towards the children's school fees, or it might go towards a big event or you might go towards retirement planning and whatever you decide that you want to do with your assets but it, it, it is a fantastic idea um, a lot of people are sitting on a lot of equity in their homes 
but yet they're crying that they don't have money to invest. I want to be able to invest, but I don't have any money. What do I do? hundred <laughs> percent. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I think that's, that's a good, that's a good strategy. Um, if you want to know more, uh, please do feel free to reach out to us or, or even speak to your broker. Um, we are not brokers. We're talking from a point of experience. We've had to solicit the help of a broker to do the strategy. So if you are in that position where you're sitting on a big pot of money in your existing property or your residential home, or you have a, 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 an inherited property that has no mortgage, because that's another big one. You've inherited a property, there's no mortgage on it, but you're nervous about the fact that you whilst you realize and appreciate that you're sitting on this wealth you're nervous around the fact that now you're going to be owing money on it um you might want to speak to a broker about this but it it is fantastic like when you said earlier that it's like you borrowing money from you i think if i had money to borrow myself i think i'll give myself the money every single time <laughs> I don't think I'll ever, the computer would never say no if I had to borrow myself money. And that's exactly what it is. Like you're sitting on a pot of gold and I'm sure you would not say no to yourself. So yeah, that, that pretty much, I think if there's anything that we've left with, <laughs> we've left with you, it's the fact that you're borrowing money from yourself and you're not going to say no to yourself. So why don't you just go for it? Um, exactly. Cool. Exactly. And if, um, if anyone wants to know more about this strategy, we will be doing a future episode specifically on property strategies. And of course, this is one of them. And if you need help with mortgage brokers or who to speak to, then again, reach out to us because between the two of us, we've got many, many brokers um, uh, yeah. who we speak to. So just feel free to get, get in touch and we'll be more than yeah. happy to expand more and give you or point you in the right direction excellent yes 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 that's key that's key i just thought i would say something because i think it's important that every time we um, share our experience or we're giving tips to always whilst we may not have the full picture i think it's important to note that your credit history would have to would play a part in this your age your income so it's not just as simple so whilst it's a, it's a fantastic strategy, there are other things to consider which you would get from speaking to a broker, but it's important that we share that, um, we mention that here, that there are other, other factors um, to bear in mind. But yes, it, it's do speak to your broker or reach out to us and we'll be happy to help. Thank yeah. you. And always, always get advice from a qualified financial expert exactly. as well. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, please do subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. It's been really nice. And thank you. Thanks, Dami. Thanks, Bimbala. It's been great. Till the next Bye. one. <laughs>